Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for such a wonderful day as this. Thank you, Father, that we have gathered before you as your children. We sit at your table. We pray, Lord God, that your word, Lord, your word, let, let your word take precedence in everything that we are going to do here this morning. I pray for myself, Lord, even as, as I stand before your church, bless me and anoint me, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray for the people that will hear this word. Let it be meaningful to them. Let it bring change, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we pray. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. How does it feel, Pastor Chris? Feel strange? <laughs> awesome. Now, um, I will just go straight to the word. Um, I'm going to read from the book of uh, Genesis chapter 16. This is a story that uh, I think we are very familiar with. We, we know this story. I'll read from verse 1 uh, to 14. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And he, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened unto the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave it to a, to a husband, Abraham, to be his wife. And when, and he, sorry, and he went unto Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said to Abraham, my wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid unto thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. And Abram said to Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as pleases thee. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled before her. And the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Sheh. And said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence comest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel, said, the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that she shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, thou art with child, and thou shalt be a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, and he will be against every man, and every man's hand will be against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Here I have also looked upon him who sees me. Whereas the, the well was called Belihiroi, behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. Belihiroi. 
my eyes have seen him who sees me. This is quite a statement. If you could just catch that, I could simply go and sit down and it will be suffice. It will suffice for a week. For my eyes have seen him who sees me. For my eyes have beheld him who sees me. Now the story in here is about um, Abraham. We all know Abraham and Sarah, where God commanded him to leave his people and go to a promised land. Now, now they are in the promised land. Now, if, if you go back to chapter 15, God comes into a vision to Abraham and, and gives him a vision and promises him that your children are going to inherit this land. Your children will go into a foreign land for 400 years. They shall be servants there, but I'll bring them with a, with, with a great reward. I'll bring them with great wealth. And then we go into chapter 16. Now, Abraham was carrying a promise. God said it. He believed it. He believed that God would bless him with children. But then he's getting old. His wife is getting old and nothing is happening. Ten years they stayed in the promised land and nothing happened. They didn't see the promise. Does that sound familiar? Where you stay a while before God. You know what God has promised, but you cannot see the promise. You, cannot, you, you can't see it happening. Ten years he had lived and not seen the promise. What do they do? His wife will come with a suggestion. This is very strange. I don't think my wife will ever come with that suggestion. The, the wife comes with the suggestion and says, I'll give you a second wife. Peradventure will have children. So in those days, if someone owned a servant, they owned them. So if ever, whenever the, the, the servant has children, the children will bring, belong to the mistress. It's the same, same with Jacob and Rachel and Leah. So he, he, she says, go unto her, peradventure will have children. But this is not what God had promised. God had promised him that Sarah will have children. But then the promise had taken so long. Now, the, 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 the maid goes, Abraham goes into the maid and she, she, she conceives. And guess what? When she conceives, she thinks Sarah, Sarah is stupid. Sarah doesn't have any children. So she started misbehaving. And then Sarah sends her away. And this encounter with the angel. Now, I want you to understand the background of Egyptians. Egyptians worship idols. They worship things that they could see. They had a God specific for this, which had temples and priests. So she was brought up in a religion where they saw what they worshipped. And now she's sold to this family where they worship an invisible God, where they worship a God that they cannot see. But she can see evidently that this God works. This God does things that are visible, but he's an invisible God. Now, she... We haven't had any encounter with God and, 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 and Hagar except when she got to this well. She's desperate. She's, she, she's disenfranchised. She's, she, she's been separated from a mystery, mistress. She doesn't know where to go. And the angel ap appears to her and says, where are you going and where, where are you coming from? And she says, I'm fleeing from my mistress. And then the, the, the angel says to her, you are carrying a child. This child, you're going to name him Ishmael. And he's going to be a strong man. He's going to be a great man. And then this woman says, now I have seen him who sees me. 
Now the God that she had grown into worshipping, a God that she, she had been adopted into worshipping has appeared to her. And she says, that invisible, you know, you know, you know, that invisible God, that invisible God has come to my level to, to appear to me so that I understand him. You know, God will come to your level. God will come to where you will understand what he is doing. God will humble himself to come to you, to come to your level so you understand what he's doing. So God appears to this woman who was brought up worshipping idols, gods that are visible. So God had to become visible for Hagar to understand him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God had to be visible for her to understand. Because if God had only spoken in a voice, she wouldn't have understand, understood what it was. If God had not appeared in person, she wouldn't have understood what it was. The very thing that you are waiting for, the very thing that you are waiting God to do, God is waiting for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So this, this encounter, God says to her, this child that you are carrying is going to be a great man. I'm going to multiply his seed. He's going to be extra great and every man's hand will be against him and his hand will be against every man. He's going to be defined. Are you carrying a, prof a promise that is defined? Are you carrying a promise that is aggressive? Are you carrying a promise that will not subject itself to what people are saying? Are you carrying a promise that will stand up and say, despite all things, despite the economy, despite the, the, the interest rates going up, I am carrying a promise that says I'm going to own land in this land. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you, sometimes God gives you something in your heart and you know it. You know it that the gift that I have, you know that the promise that I have is too big for this environment that I am in. The promise that I have, I know people will not believe me. The idea that God has given me, I know people will not believe me when I tell them. But I know what I am carrying. I know what God has said. I know what God has promised me and I carry a defiant promise. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. I carry a defiant promise, like a promise that will not humble itself, that will not bow down to pressure. A promise, if, if you follow, the, Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. They, 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 are, they are not humble people. They, they, wherever they go, wherever they go, they want people to, to adjust to their way of living. This was the promise that they were given because of what she was carrying. I just want to provoke something in you. I just want to provoke a promise that God has, if you know what God has said, if you have met him, if God has promised you that this is what is going to happen, it doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter if it takes 10 years. You are living in the land of promise, but you have not seen the promise. It doesn't matter how many years it has been. It doesn't matter how long it has been. If God has said, you should be defiant about it. Oh, come on. Come on. I, I, I know I'm not just, I may be short in stature, but I know. I know when God tells me something, I am, I, I don't give up. I, I, I'm like a bulldog. When I, when I hold on to it, I will not give up because I know what he has promised me. I know what he has said about me. He said, I'm a head, I'm not a tail. I know what he has said about me. I'm going to lead, I'm not going to follow. I know what he has said about me. I'm 
poor. I'm not, I'm, I'm rich. I'm not poor. Praise God. He owns silver and gold. I don't know what promise you're carrying. Probably God said you're going to own a house, but you're still renting. You're still cleaning up to wait, waiting. You know, you know, you know the, the, the most frustrating thing that I hated so much was those inspections. Those inspections where no matter how much you clean, for some reason the lady would write on the report that there was something that was dirty. You made sure you cleaned that part, but she would say it was dirty. And so many times I've always wanted to go to the houses and see where they live. How, how clean the houses are. Because they are never satisfied. But if you know you carry that promise, if you know that I am tired, I am tired of being told at what time to go to bed. I'm tired of what being told I cannot have a pet in my house. I'm tired of being, I want to provoke this thing in you that says, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not the end. This is not where I'm predestined to be. God has made me greater than what I look right now. Praise God. Ismail is, is his name. And, and, and she says, I, 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 she called the name of the place Beli Hairoi. For I have seen him who sees me. I want to tell you this morning, God sees you. God sees you. But more than that, you should be able to see him. Because that makes the whole difference. The fact that God sees you is something that we all, we all know God sees us. We all, know, we, 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 we all know there's nothing that we can do that God doesn't see. But it goes to another level when you can see him. When you can see him in the morning when you wake up. When you can see him in your work. When you can see him in your family. When you can see him in your children. When you can see him in your business. When you can see him in your church. When you can see him, it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference when you can see him. Can you see God? Or all you see is little devils. Can you see God in your children? Or all you can see is these rebellious little things. But see beyond that. See beyond that. See beyond their failures. See beyond whatever you instructions you tell them and they don't do it and you keep on repeating it. You keep on repeating, make your bed, make your bed, make your bed, make your bed, remove the place from your room, all these things. You can keep telling them, but see beyond that. See the greatness in them. See the gold in them. See the success in them. Sometimes our children will not succeed because we curse them. We define them by what they do. We define them by the mistakes they make. God does not define us by our mistakes. God forgets what we have done. God chooses not to remember what we have done. It is a choice that you make as a, as, a, as a parent that I choose not to account this. I choose not to remember the failures of my children and know that God is upon them and know that there is more about these people. There is greatness in them. There is an Ishmael in them. There is greatness in them. Praise God. I don't know what, what, what promise God has given you. I don't know how long it has been. But it doesn't seem like it is happening. To a point that you, you, you've started to make plans. Like Sarai ended up doing and Abram, they started making a plan to help out God. 
God, you have taken too long. We have taken so long. We are getting older. We are, we we don't know because if we if we, we if we go so long as this without a child, then probably we'll die before the promise is fulfilled. But God never allows that. You cannot die before the promise is fulfilled. But we become impatient. There's this. I grew up being told this. This, this, I actually thought it was in the Bible that God helps those who help themselves. I've searched the Bible. I never saw that scripture. It is not in the Bible. God does not help those that help themselves. God helps the desperate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God helps the desperate, not the ones that help themselves. If you still have the capacity to do it yourself, if you can do it yourself, then you do not need God. But to a point where you say, I have come to my wit's end. I've come to the last of my strength. This is, this is where I end. I don't know anymore. I don't know how to pray anymore. I don't know how to ask anymore because I've asked and asked. I have knocked and knocked and there's no answer on this door. If, if you get to that point, that's where God starts. Where your strength fails is where God's strength. He says, my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Where you have been drained out, where life has, has sucked every promise out of you, where life has sucked every strength out of you, this is where God starts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God starts where you have failed. Jesus will come and say, where has your faith failed? Take me to a place where your, fail, your faith has failed. Praise God. Where you think I've had enough, I, I, I think, I think Lord, 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 there's no, no more fight left in me. I, I have fought and fought with my mother-in-law and there, there's no more fight left in me. And, 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 and I was just going to leave it alone. And, and, and then for, for some reason, mother-in-law just starts turning. <laughs> because the moment where you were still fighting, there was still something going on. <laughs> but the moment you give up, the moment you say, Lord, I leave it in your hands, God takes over and he changes things. Lord, the moment you say, Lord, I leave my children in your hands, that's where God's... You've been trying and pestering your children to come to church. You've been trying and pestering your children to do stuff. But the more you tell them, the more rebellious they become. I know some of you have got sons and daughters that are in a relationship with a person that you don't like and you have been trying, you have been trying to break them up but the more you try, the closer they become to each other. You know what we do, my wife and I? Is Tanya in here? Yes, she is. I'm not going to say it. She's in here. <laughs> Praise God. Now say it. What, what I, I have learned in life is... If there is a, a relationship that you know, because as a parent, you know, or as a leader, you know that this friendship is not good. It's not good for either of them. It's not good for mine. I'll just pray that they have a fight. <laughs> That's how I pray. Let, let them have a fight. And then after a few days, you hear, you, how is so-and-so? I don't know. They've had a fight. It has been broken up. But the moment you try to do it yourself, the moment you do it in your strength, the more you, 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 you exhaust yourself, the more you end up cursing, the more you end up saying things that you regret tomorrow. 
But if you are carrying a promise, if, 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 if you've waited for so long for your promise, to, for your Isaac to come, if you have waited. You know, you know the, the amazing thing is God, God will tell you to, to, to go somewhere. God doesn't give you specific instructions. Have you ever, have you ever realized? Even when he talks to Abraham and say, go, go on to a mountain that I will show you to, and make a sacrifice. God did not tell him the mountain. God didn't never give him specific instructions or even when, when they left the, 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 the heir of the child is. <laughs> like what Pastor Chris was saying last week. When they left their land, God didn't tell them exactly where to go, but he said, go to a land that I will show you. What is God saying to you? God will show you, but only when you are moving. The Bible says, commit your plans unto the Lord and he will establish them. The heart of a man plans and the Lord directs his footsteps. God can only direct something that is moving. You have to be moving. You cannot be seated. God cannot, you can steer a car, but as long as it's not moving, it doesn't go anywhere. It does not turn. The wheels may turn, but the vehicle would not turn. But then once it starts moving, then you can turn it to the left. You can turn it to the right. God can only direct a moving vehicle. You need to start moving. You need to stand up and start moving towards your promise. You need to stand up and start moving and start praying and start planning and start doing things. You need to start moving. You cannot be sitting right there and spending like a crazy person and expecting to buy a house. No, 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 no. You have to start saving. You have to, to pick up extra shifts if you have to. So that you can, you, you can start going in that direction. You need to start moving. The problem with Christians is we have been told that God will provide and we have taken it as a visa to sit on our butts and do nothing. Well, unfortunately, I, I say it as it is. There is nothing that happens until you stand up and go, the woman with the issue of blood, if she had just stayed in a spot, nothing would have happened. But she said, if I go and touch the hem of his garment, something will happen. You need to stand up and start moving. You need to get up and start moving. You need to start making plans. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's nothing that's just going to happen per adventure and then you just sit. This woman was not just sitting. When God approached, she was going somewhere and God meets her. The Bible says, and the angel of the Lord met her because she was going somewhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What are, why do you stay on the same spot? You, you, how long has it taken you to solve this problem? Have you done anything about it? If you've done anything about your need, if you've done anything, you need a new car. If you've done anything about it, amen? <laughs> oh, you just, you're just sitting there waiting for God to go and rob some bank and give you money. God, God is not like that. God, God, God will use the, the, the things in this world. God, God will not make money rain. from. God is not fraudulent like that. No, 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 no. God is not fraudulent like that. Or probably pay adventure, you're waiting to win the lotto and, and, and yet you have never bought the ticket like me. I'm expecting to win one day, win big, but I don't even know how the tickets work. 
you, ha you have to stand up and, and do something about what God has promised you. There is something so great in this church. I tell you, there's something so amazing. There are people in here that God has is ordained, that God has appointed and anointed to take the gospel so further, to do things. There are businessmen here who are going to finance ministries, but they are just sitting there. They are just employed, sitting there and complaining about their boss. They're not doing anything. God has given them ideas, but they haven't stood up to do anything yet. Do you know that a church is not sponsored by some organization somewhere? God always raises up 3% of the church to finance the vision. Can I explain that? There is a 3% in here who has been appointed and anointed to finance the vision of this church. Not 70%, 3%. He's been anointed right here to finance the vision. You could be the 3%. But you are just sitting there complaining about your boss. You could be the 3%, but every time you are forced, you, how many times have you called in sick? How many times have you called in sick just because you don't feel like it? And you expect to run your own business. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Praise God. The house that you are renting, the way you treat it, determines whether you ever own your own home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are that careless, God sees, if you are that careless with someone else's thing, what about your own? The way you treat it is how God is going to bless you. But I know there are people here who are anointed, like I said, to, to, to go out and finance great ministers. There are people that are gifted to preach, but they cannot finance it. There are people that have got the finance, but they, that, that cannot preach. We all work together. The, 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 the book of Ephesians says we are like silver boats that are bound together to form a habitation of the Spirit of God. Yeah. We are like silver boats that are come together, we come together to form a habitation of the, 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 the Spirit of God. We are members of one body. We've got different functions. Some, are, some of our functions is to, to, to wake up in the middle of the night and pray. Some of our functions is to stand up and just stand next to someone and say, it is okay. Some of our functions is to come and support a family that is broken down and say there is structure. Some of our functions are right there to say to a person who has been discouraged by life that things can change. There's no one who is useless here. There's no one who is not called here. There's no one who is not anointed here. Some of you think you are useless, but you are not. Some of you think you are not relevant, but you are not. You are relevant here. Uh, you, may, you may have just come today. Today could be your first day, but it reminds me of a parable that Jesus says. A man goes to a marketplace and he employs people at nine in the morning. Go and work in my field and I'll pay you $2. At 11 o'clock, he goes to the market again. He says, go and join them. At 3 p.m., he goes to the market again and he tells people, go and I'll pay you $3. By the end of the day, he comes to pay them all. But the ones that started early started complaining, how can you pay us the same amount it's those that come in at 10 o'clock. It's those that come in at 3 o'clock. It's those that, that come in at the end of the day. And, 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 and the master says, is it not my money? 
Can I not do what is I will with it? It doesn't matter how long you've been in church for. You may have just come in today, but I want to tell you that the same God who has given giftings years past is the same God today who can impart gifts today. The same God who has anointed men from the, the old days is the same God today who can give giftings to people here as long as you want it, as, as long as you say, God, I want, I want something. I want to do something about this. I want to challenge you. Do not just be a, a passenger. Do not just be a passenger. Do, do not just be a spectator and you just come here and you just watching them. I wonder where he comes from. You know, I, wonder, I wonder what he eats. You know, and, and the devil will start making your mind so busy and you start thinking, oh, did I turn off the stove? Oh, probably not. No, but I didn't cook this morning. No, you didn't tend the stove. And you become busy and you get distracted and then you miss out on what God is doing in that moment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a, an anointing in this church. There is a call. There is a purpose for you and me. God brought us here for a reason. We are not just here to get entertained. We are not just here, you know, to, 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 to just let time go by. I'm sure there's, there are better things you could have done on this Sunday. But because of the anointing that is upon you, because of the call and the purpose that is upon you, because of the promise that is inside you, God has drawn you into this place. God has brought you into this place. I know for sure that you are anointed for such times as this. I know for sure that Australia needs people like you. I know for sure that the church needs people with a backbone like you. People who stand up and say, I am not going to tolerate this nonsense. I am not going to tolerate this confusion that they are teaching our children. And pray and when you drop off your children and you walk in that school ground and say, when I have walked here, God, I walk here with authority. Let there be order and let there be structure. These are the people that we are looking for. These are the, the Christians that we want today that are not just going to tolerate nonsense. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you go to work in the morning, these he, she's, they, all these things. You come there and you say, when I am here, because God has brought me here, I have authority inside of me. There is a defiance inside of me. There is a, they, they, I, I, I have the hand of the Lord upon me. When I am here, I bring structure, I bring stability. When you marry into a family, there may be confusion in that family. But because you have married into that family, you bring stability and structure. You get employed at a job, you bring stability and structure because of the anointing that is inside of you. God has put an anointing inside of you. Some of you are prophets. You yet to speak when you speak to people. The reason why people tell you their are problems is because there's something inside of you. It's not so that you just go and tell and gossip about them. It's because God has put something inside of you. That you can speak out, you can speak strength, you can speak wisdom. We have been shut up for so long. The, the world has kept us quiet. We have been told to shut up. Probably you grew up in a household where they say children should not speak. I grew up in such a household where we were told 
when, when elders are speaking, you keep quiet. You don't say anything. Don't speak unless you're spoken to. But I declare that the spirit inside of you, the God inside of you can speak and can speak life. Praise the name of the Lord. Shall we close our eyes? I'll get the, 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 the team to come up. You know, I don't know, I really don't know how long you've waited. You've waited for a child. How long you've waited for a breakthrough. You've waited for a job. You've waited for a house. You've waited for a breakthrough somehow in your life to a point that you, you, you think probably I didn't hear God correctly. Probably it was just me. It was just my imagination. There are some times when I feel like that. I feel it was me, but yet it was God who was speaking. If you feel like that, I just want to say this to you this morning. That voice is God's voice. That voice is God's voice. And do not let anything shut it off. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.